That is. I'm Charles Holmes from The Ringer Music Show. And I'm Cole Kushner from Dissect. And Charles and I are teaming up to create Last Song Standing, a new show where we determine an artist's single best song by debating our way through their entire catalog. And for our first season, we're covering Kendrick Lamar. We're talking Good Kid to Pimple Butterfly, Damn, Mr. Morale, the mixtapes, the Lucy's, and the features. Listen to Last Song Standing on the Dissect podcast feed only on Spotify. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21+. plus. 18 plus in DC and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit rg help.com. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA, I make calls, I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it, you can work out in it, you can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing in the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. Chicago everywhere. Check it. Not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. yeah. Hey, what's happening? Not much, Jay. How you doing? Good, man. I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. Had a productive productive day today. Hey, dude, I'm glad you said that. And I'm glad you told me that. Because usually, you know, I ask how guys are doing and, you know, guys just give you that, I'm okay. Why was your day productive day, my man? Well, as you can see, I got a haircut. I yeah, trimmed a little. I see. I got You're a family family trip this weekend. Going to be heading up to the bay with my my brother, my sister, fiance, little family uh, getaway. Yeah. I, I actually packed early, so I'm pretty much all packed. Like I have a couple small things to do, but all my my clothes are in my my luggage, my carry on. I have the alcohol that I'm going to take. Yeah, like, you know, I got pretty much this show. Once the show's posted, I'll be on vacation mode. Man, 
it up for being thank you. productive. Thank you, everyone there out there. Clap there it for me. Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. you. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Clap, clap it up for my man, Jesse Lopez, out here, getting all his ducks in a row, getting ready to go on vacation as soon as this you know, above average podcast gets posted <laughs> to the Ringer Network of Podcasts. All right. Well, I'm down with that. All right. You won't hear Tony yeah. Gill's voice tonight on this full go episode. Uh, what is it? Episode 139? 139. Yeah, 139. Our guy, our guy Tony G is uh, not with us this evening, but he is with us in spirit. So shout out to our guy Tony Gill. You just heard from the active, right? The active Jesse Lopez. And I'm Jason Today Gall. especially. Yeah, yeah, I'm Jason. <laughs> See, I, I like it. I like it when days and, and moments are filled with hope, right? Like, oh, that's, that's, and you got to have hope, man. That's Hey, and it's free. It's free. You feel me? Like, you Damn, can sell that's hope so anybody. true. Yeah, hope is free, right? And, and I remember I'm, that one. I mean, you know, it's, it's one to grow on, one to grow on, you know? Um, I mean, I guess yeah. if you're a Star Wars, unless you're a Star Wars fan, hope might my, my pale, might be a little, you know. My well, name. yeah, then it's a little cumbersome. <laughs> it's a little cumbersome. Uh, but today, I actually had a meet and greet for my son's kindergarten class. Uh, my, my little guy starts kindergarten on Monday. So, you know, kids are getting ready to go back to school or have been back to school here in the city of Chicago. I got a chance to see the School that will no longer, because my kid's been going to the same daycare slash preschool since he was four months old. So this has now been a four and a half year journey, going to the same place, being around the same people, uh, the same teaching styles, the same ideology, the same diet, you know, all the things that he's become acclimated to in his short life. Like he's, he's only known the place he's going to. So we've been trying to prep him, get him ready, right? Hey, how you feeling about next week? Oh, I'm nervous. Ah, get that out your system, fam. You're a golf. God damn it. Knock that off. Save all that, you know, save all that nervousness and all that other bullshit for them other kids whose parents aren't pouring as much as we are into you. You know, no pressure though. But go be a golf, damn it. You feel me? Like, that's, that's, you know, I've been giving him some kind of, um, some kind of balance, right? Trying to make sure that he understands, hey, man, it's just the next thing. It's, it, it, it's be hopeful, right? Be hopeful. I've been trying to preach this to my man, and I'll be damned, and I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it, right? Y'all want me to come on here and rail about what happened to the Sox today with the Houston Astros, the tattoo on that ass, 21 to 5? I ain't doing it. Nope. Nope. Mm-mm. Lucas Gilito out there giving up all the booty. Mm-mm. Not doing it. Not doing it. I'm not about to ruin my night. No, 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 sir. Bob. I, I shout out to CTJ and all the people out there to follow us on Twitter. It's like, oh, I know it's going to be a fire pie because golf is about to come. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. Not going to do that to me. Nope, the Sox have been playing some decent baseball as of late. If you, you know, count sweeping the Tigers and splitting against the Astros, decent baseball. And they got a huge series coming up with the Guardians. No, 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 sirree. We will focus our energy, this pod, on the orange and the blue. Because I am an offensive line away from being enthused about this. And no, I'm not here to rain on your preseason parade. By the way. Let's let's be honest. They they could just do scrimmages 
at these uh, practice sites. The, the preseason football doesn't need to exist. And I, I know right now all the people at FanDuel are like, hey, golf, what the hell are you doing, fam? What, what, what's going on with you? Are you not down with the program? Yeah, I'm down with the program. You can bet on preseason football all you want. Like, get your bets in, right? Yeah, enjoy yourself. FanDuel, number one sportsbook app known in history. But, dog, that shit, let me, the Seattle Seahawks are ass. <laughs> like, like, I don't whatever whatever kind you like big small round flat you know what I mean <laughs> like you like you like a little you know you like a little cellulite hey man more power to you you know shout out to shout out to the cellulite out there we like realness out here in these streets but whatever ass you're looking for the Seattle Seahawks are every ass like from top to bottom that thing is going to be a complete an utter disaster this year. They they are relying on a lot of young players, and God bless you. All I learned from the Monday Night Football crew, shout out to Lewis Riddick and Dan Orlovsky, but all I learned was that everyone hated Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner on this broadcast. That's all I learned. Oh, they can't wait for another voice. They can't wait for the young players to take over the mantle that Russell and Bobby Wagner left. And then everything was like, yeah, it'll be good to finally figure out who else has say in this locker room. And all I could glean from all, if I'm Russell Wilson, I'm in Denver, you know, saying, let's, let's ride Bronco Nation or whatever the hell he did that had people making fun of him. And I'm at the crib like, damn, that's how you feel? Because it didn't seem like a, Boy, we love Russell at the end of this run here. Like, DK Metcalf was asked to speak about it. Um, Tyler Lockett was asked to speak about it. And everybody was happy to be turning the page. So that Seattle Seahawks thing is going to be troublesome for the foreseeable future. I don't know. They got a lot of young players on both sides of the football, especially on the defensive side. That kid, Charles Cross, that they drafted, was it the ninth overall pick to play left tackle? There's some, there's some, uh, there's some raw materials there. But the penalties, I mean, come on, kid. And I guess this is what it's for, right? But I know you're not tuning in to hear me uh, extol the virtues of the Seattle Seahawks. Man, Luke Getze is going to be hired in, in a couple of years by someone else to call plays. because, or, or it's just the fact that I have been conditioned as a Chicago Bears fan to get excited anytime someone can string together a package of plays that looks like it made sense and, and not you know just drawn up in the sand. Like Luke Getze went out there. If, you, if you're asking me who the, the MVP of preseason game number two is for me, is Luke Getze. From Justin Fields to Trevor Simeon to even Nathan Peterman, it it was systematic. It was organized, right? It was executable, as you can see. Like I, I'm I'm going through my notes watching this game and the in the early goings of it, and I kept writing down like I like what they did here. I like why they did it. I like the fact that you got the boots to the left twice after running the stretch right handoffs you know, in the outside zone. I mean, this thing starts and immediately Justin Fields has pressure on him. First play, first time he's back to throw, he gets rid of the ball on the first throw because he has to throw it out of bounds because Khalil Herbert whiffed on a blitz pickup, right? And for the first five or six pass plays, Justin Fields was under duress. But you could see not only the fact that he is going to have to improvise, but 
He's willing to, and he's going to be good at it. But the times that he didn't have to improvise, you know, you, you really don't need these days a great running game to pull off play action football. And all the Bears had to do was hint. And I know it's mad vanilla out there, right? It's nothing but vanilla offense out there. There's no wrinkles. There's no real, real true, true, true game planning. But when you're stacking packages of plays the way Luke Getzey was, yeah, if you're running that stretch outside zone stuff and people are worried about one cutback or not being in their lanes or not plugging their gaps and, and they, their lane integrity being compromised, but you also have an over-pursuing, aggressive-ass preseason defense, a bunch of dudes just out there trying to make plays because they know they only going to be out. It's like a it's like a, a, a bullpen pitcher. It's like a relief pitcher, right? Where you know, all right, I got about 24 pitches in my arm. I can just let this shit go. You know, I can I can let it rip. You got some over-aggressive, eager dudes who put some bad stuff on film because Luke Getzey was out there with the trickeration. And not even trickeration. I mean, it's just standard bootleg stuff. But the fact that we've seen Justin Fields be allowed to move outside of the pocket, designed runs outside of the pocket, designed bootlegs. I mean, you know, like I mentioned, he got rid of the ball in the first throw because he had to because Khalil Herbert missed on a blitz pickup. And that kind of stuff is going to be key because if Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery are going to be as important as I think they're going to have to be to this offense, you got to be able to protect your quarterback. So, you know, I'm sure Khalil Herbert's not going to have fun watching that tape in the running back room. Uh, you know, come you know Saturday, Sunday, whenever the hell they look at tape after they get back from Seattle. And also, this is the other thing that I noticed. Justin Fields with the ball security when he broke contain on the third down, when the pocket collapsed. You know, the, he fumbled the ball, but his knee was down. But there was an attempt, like last year, you saw Justin be very loose with the football when outside of the pocket, not understanding that, hey, everybody on this level is trying to get you, and they're trying to kill you, and they're trying to get to that football, right? They got, they got kids to feed. They got wives to listen to. They got problems at home. These ain't, these ain't 17 to 22-year-olds running around campus anymore. So last year, the ball security was something that he would have to refine and, and get better at. I think you saw a little bit of that today in the second preseason game. And this is the thing that I like. The fact that he was rolling to his left and felt comfortable enough to reset his base, you know, the, he, he noticed. Like, we talk a lot about the game slowing down for guys, right? He noticed, hey, man, I'm out here on the perimeter. Right, I feel naked. Hell, it's a naked bootleg. <laughs> and the defender is far enough away from me for me to flip these hips, get reset, and fire a strike. 19-yard gain on second and six to Cole Komet. So you, you could see the maturation and the evolution just from a footwork perspective and from an awareness perspective of Justin Fields in this second game as well. And, the, you know, the quick screen to, to Mooney and Mooney making a bunch of people miss. Like, just the... Just the, the stacking of plays and the thought process. All right, we're going to be out here for 10, 12 plays. Let's put something together. And, yeah, they kicked the field goal, right? Uh, I, I understand. You don't want to kick a field goal inside the Renzo, but we'll get to that part. Like another, by the way, bootleg to the left on second and four. This was the issue. And if you're going to you know, talk about the misgivings or some of the things that Justin Fields has to just accept, on second and four, in that first drive, when he had to throw the ball outside the back of the end zone because I believe he saw Darnell Mooney um, 
He saw Darnell Mooney in the corner of the end zone, give your best player, best receiver a chance to make a play. Uh, the problem is it's second and four, and Equinemius St. Brown was open at the 10-yard line for the first down. Now, there was a penalty on the play anyway because of one of the linemen had drifted downfield. Uh, you know, can't be, was I think it's more than five yards away from the line of scrimmage before it passes the, uh, the, uh, the line of scrimmage. Yeah, so... Yeah, it was going to happen. I mean, it was it was a a bust, not a busted play, but a, a play that was extended. So sometimes you're going to get that um, where you know linemen are like, "All right, are we in a scramble drill? <laughs> Is the play being extended? Do I have to go hit somebody?" Yeah, the penalty was declined. It, it became third and four. But in a moment where obviously Justin didn't know there was a lineman down the field, you got to take what the defense is giving you. You got you got to take the cheese that's on the field. And Equinemius St. Brown was standing right there, planted actually, because the play was going to the left side. They were going; to, they were already on the left hash, um, short side of the field. He's standing there waiting for the ball to be delivered. Justin Fields is thinking touchdown. I'm not mad at it. You know, a position on the field, down in distance. You figure you're going to get another crack at it in third and four. I just would have liked to have seen him. Just if there is a nit to pick, I, would, I just would have liked to have seen him drop that ball right there for Equinemius St. Brown for the first down. But like I mentioned, even either way, there was a penalty on the play. Uh, as the game progressed and you realize how, how ass the Seattle Seahawks were, uh, you know, it was, it was becoming more and more evident that this team is bad. Uh, I said to myself, am I getting excited about this Chicago Bears team? Because I need something to be excited about. You see what you did to me, Lucas Giolito, and the game that I will not mention right now? Uh, between the Houston Astros and the, and the Chicago White Sox, y'all got me fast forward and, and getting excited about preseason football for a team that I know is going to have a top eight, top nine draft pick. But, but, but Thursday night, I boy, I was, I was two shakes away from being in all orange and blue in this office and and, and getting a, a foam finger screaming about Justin Fields like. I enjoyed watching an offense be ran to highlight the strengths of the signal caller. Not only problem, and I know I'm looking forward to this, not forward, but I'm looking ahead. If Luke Getze does anything with Justin Fields over these next couple of years, one, you're going to be happy because maybe you have found the rightful heir to the quarterback throne that has been so vacant for so long in this city. But secondly, that means he's going to be on another offensive coordinator here soon. Because it, the way this thing might look, if Justin Fields is the quarterback that I think he is, and Luke Getze doesn't have the ego that, let's face it, Matt Nagy rode the ship all the way to the bottom of the ocean with. Because Justin Fields is going to fit into his system instead of making his system fit around a franchise quarterback, then you might be cooking with something. The only thing, man, that offensive line. If you can't block it, you can't run it. Period. And you've got middle of the road dudes at the middle in, in the interior of this line, uh, in, in, in Lucas Patrick and Michael Schofield, and you got Riley Reef, who's already a decade into his. NFL career. Um, I I will say this. I wasn't mad at Tevin Jenkins at right guard. He got a lot of snaps after the first team departed. I wasn't mad at him. It wasn't like he was 
blowing people off the ball or it was noticeable how dominant he was, but it wasn't bad. And I know that's I know that's not saying much about your second round pick from a year ago, but it was something where, okay, the starters are off the field. What do I have to key in on offensively, especially? Tevin Jenkins. And I didn't come away upset at him being kicked in the right guard. Now, this is the other thing. Got a chance to finally see Kyler Gordon out there. This is a guy who has missed a decent amount of camp due to what might be soft tissue issues. Um, being back in front of his hometown folks in Washington, I'm sure was was huge for him playing in Seattle. Uh, him chasing down Geno Smith on a bootleg was something to watch because the, the way the hip bend coming around that corner, and we know at the nickelback spot, you know, Kenny Moore for the Indianapolis Colts defense that Matt Eberflus was coaching over this last couple of years became a star. And this defense is asking for a three technique, a weak side linebacker, and a nickelback to be impact players. Well, your weak side linebacker is the dude who is right now holding in on the sidelines in Roquan Smith. And your three technique, uh, Julian, you know, is it, is it Jones? Is it, like, what are we talking about here? I didn't see much. And we'll see as, as the uh, season progresses what this front four is all about. But if you found your nickelback or if you found a boundary corner in Kyler Gordon going forward, the athleticism and all those things jumped off, uh, jumped off the, the TV early on. Now, there was some coverage issues, right? And we're going to see those. I mean, guys having two-way goals at this level is a lot different than guys having two-way goals in the collegiate level. You're going up against professionals. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how Kyler Gordon um, matures, and then you get Bayless Jones with a huge 48-yard punt return. Huge punt return. And he had his package of plays, uh, a quick screen uh, with seven minutes left in the half. You know, he got a chance to get the ball, and he put his foot in the ground and got upfield, which is all you can ask for, right? If, you, if you're a guy who's an explosive playmaker or supposedly an explosive playmaker and you just haven't had the chances, uh, played through a COVID season at the University of Tennessee, had to transfer before that, like he's a guy who everybody's probably drooled over his talent and ability, and now he's at the final spot where you've made it to the league now. What's next? He's a 25-year-old rookie, right? So there's a certain physical maturity that he may come with, but you can see that he's going to have a special seven and nine play package designation because if he can, if he can do this in just special teams in, 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 in the kicking game and be that valuable for you and flipping the field like he did, uh, in preseason game number two for 48 yards, then you get him the ball in space and you let him work. And, and I, and, hell, I like the tight end screen that they threw out there in the first drive as well to Cole Komet. Not just, not just allowing guys to be, you know, one dimensional. All right, you're going to be a seam guy. You're going to be a button hook guy. You're going to be an out guy. They'll, those are your, you know, three or four routes as a tight end here in this offense, like we've seen the last couple of years. No, throw him a, throw him a quick screen. Throw, throw a tight end screen out there and see if the kid out of Notre Dame is as le- athletic and has the, as much burst as everybody has said he has and you would hope he had coming out of, coming out of college as a high draft pick at that position. So, yeah, I- I'm looking forward to it, man. And, of course, of course, they got, a, uh, they got quite the stable of running backs. Like, I like Tristan Ebner a lot, a uh, six-round pick out of Baylor. So, I'm not, you know, it's not all seashells and balloons for Bears fans, as we do understand the line of scrimmage, both sides of the line of scrimmage, I think um, there's a lot of question marks, you know, and that's being kind, 
Robert Quinn got out there. We got a chance to see him get some action. Um, short turnaround, too. So the, the NFL did this team no, no favors with this schedule. You play, you play Saturday morning, and then you turn around to evaluate who's going to be on this team in three days and, and, and then play on, on Thursday night. So uh, a tough spot, uh, a long way to travel, right? A long, long way to travel. And guys are still healing from training camp and the first week's injuries. So um, if this is what a Matt Eberflus team is going to look like culture and style-wise, I'll say this. If Luke Getze was the MVP tonight, um, the Matt Eberflus thing might be the co-MVP for me. And what I mean by that is saw everybody run into the football. Like, it feels like everybody's job is on the line. So you're going to see a certain level of football. But even when that is said, you, it, it's obvious. Like, indirectly, you're saying that um, there aren't enough tenured people here. And when there aren't enough tenured people, that means there's not a lot of talent on the football team. The, the broadcasting crew mentioned that there are only three first-round picks on this roster right now. Robert Quinn, Riley Reef, and Justin Fields. So you got two older cats and you got the franchise quarterback-to-be who's going to have to uh, take his lumps as he learns the ropes in the NFL. This isn't a talented enough team, but the way Matt Eberflus has, has made this team move and that they've adhered to. There's a lot of jobs up for grabs, so you're going to see a certain amount of hustle. You're going to see a certain amount of activity and aggressive nature, but hell, you know, Kyler Gordon tried the peanut punch. Like, his message is getting across, and I can appreciate that because for the last couple of years, it didn't seem like there was a cohesion that was needed between coaching staff and players. It feel like certain guys checked out. I mean, I talked about some of the stuff I watched last year on the field, especially offensively by some of the wide receivers, right? Allen Robinson did not... Um, I think, put his best tape out there last year. And there's a lot of people who didn't want to be playing for a bad team anymore. And you had a lot of those veterans who are no longer here. So cheers to watching a young team run around, even if they're going to be bad, because I think they're going to be bad, especially because of these offensive and defensive lines. But cheers to watching a young team run around and actually hit something and, and, and be aggressive. And just the newness, right? Cheers to new beginnings, right? Whether it be for a, a five-year-old getting ready to start kindergarten, my main man, Jesse Lopez, out here being active and getting his daily chores done and getting ready to go on vacation, or me being hopeful for a squad that has tormented me for the majority of my fucking life. Like, like I already know that this is going to be five or six wins worth of joy, but Hopefully this season is interesting and hopefully we see the maturation and the evolution, not only of the quarterback, but how offense is supposed to be viewed in this city. We've been, we've been accepting shit offenses for too long and then all of a sudden a decent enough coach comes along on the offensive side of the football and we're blown away by it. And then we learn, oh yeah, um, we shouldn't just be accepting marginal offense as the you know, the, the groundbreaking stuff. Like, the, the, there are teams are out around the league who um, casually score 25-plus points a game, right? So here's to, uh, here's to refocusing our offensive eyes and just, just getting back to uh, whatever this thing is supposed to be because if we're talking about stock up, stock down, which way are things trending, I feel a lot better about this Bears team after game two uh, than I did game one. And that's how it's supposed to be, especially in the preseason. 
I, I, I think you got yourself a play caller in Luke Getze, and I, I'm willing to bet that his ego doesn't do to him what Matt Nagy's did to him uh, because this thing is all about number one. And if, 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 if Luke Getze is putting together these kinds of things on a vanilla second game run, then I'm looking forward to seeing what's at stake here because Justin Fields, sink or swim, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. We know what weapons aren't around him. We know what, what line he doesn't have. But I think we're going to see certain moments where it's like, ah, okay, might have something here. And I think that's a lot um, is going to be directly attributed to uh, the, the play calling. So um, I'm orange and blued out. I'm not, I'm not about to sit here and, and say this team is going to win a whole bunch of games, but there's, um, there, there, there's promise there. And I'm, I'm happy to feel good about it a Chicago sports team. That, that is the name, the Chicago Sky, because so far, you know, <laughs> in these last two or three months or so, they're the only ones that bring us any joy. So shout out to the Bears in their second preseason game, and uh, we'll see where this goes from here. Time for some commercials. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal. You're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I dot com slash Simmons. Hey, this is Lance Briggs. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. Brett, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you have been tasked with the undertaking of restoring or getting the Illinois football back to where it's supposed to be. It's 10 straight losing seasons. What did you learn about this task that you've taken on last year going throughout the year? Well, I think uh, basically in the last year and a half, I think we know our roster a lot better. Um, you know, today's world with the transfer portal and all the new rules of the NCAA, it's really allowed us to, to, you know, have a transition in our roster that uh, caters kind of to our schemes, offense, defense, and special teams. Uh, and the kids that are here that uh, were here when I got here, you know, they're here because they wanted to adjust and adapt and they've really bought into what we're doing. And I couldn't be more excited about a season ahead of us. So you, you switched up your offensive system going into this year. You, you brought your man from Arkansas who's now going to be calling plays. And I know, you know, Obviously, Big Ten football, your running back room is talented as all get out. You got a thousand yard rusher and a couple of other guys who will be vying for time. What should fans expect when it comes to tempo, pace uh, and that 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 understanding that Big Ten football at some point is going to get nasty out there? And if you can't run the football, then you're going to be in trouble. We, we kind of preach it all the time in our program. I think, uh, you know, tough football teams do three things. They run the football, they stop the run and they cover kicks. and um, it really kind of touches all phases of our program, offense, defense, special teams. And 
I think we're better built for that now than we have at any other point during my time here. Uh, I really, as you mentioned, I like our running back room. I think uh, Chase Brown in conjunction with Josh McCray, guys took a lot of the carries last year. Those guys are at a higher level than they've ever been. Um, then we have some guys, Reggie Love, Chase Hayden, um, some incoming new freshmen, Nick Fadonzo, some guys that I'm excited to see where they're at because they really had a great odyssey season. And, and because of the way fall, fall camp is kind of uh, laid out, they've all been very productive so far in all of our camps. So your defensive side, uh, last year they took terrific jumps, right? Was it 97th in points allowed to 29th and something like 114 to like 46 in, in yards allowed? Uh, that kind of jump, uh, was it expected? And what kind of what kind of foundation does it set? Because you know, I remember as a kid when I used to get an A in a you know in an honors class or an AP class, and and my parents would be like, "All right, so you show me you can do it now." And I'm like, "Damn it! I thought I was I thought I was just you know reaching for the stars here. I didn't think that this would be the baseline." So what 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 are those kids on the defensive side of the football looking at y'all like? Hey guys, um, that was a giant step, or this is what we could do every time out? You know, Jason's a great point. Um, I think kids are thirsty for success, right? So they they began to taste it a little bit last year. Obviously, uh, uh, really after our third or fourth game, kind of really restructured how we did things. I give Brian Walters, our defense coordinator, a lot of credit. Has really adjusted and adapted his schemes to kind of fit what we do well. Um, early in fall camp here, I know the guys are flying around. I think I think there's three basic areas they've improved. Right? They they understand the package a lot better, so they can tweak it, modify it, adjust, and kind of handle it in difficult moments. Second thing is, I think the uh, the ability to uh, in the back end, especially, uh, be able to s- disguise before the snap and kind of hide what you're doing and put confusion in the quarterback. You can always apply pressure to a quarterback mentally and physically, and I think this defense allows you to do that. And then the third thing is just getting to know each other, right? Like players know the coaches, the coaches know the players. Uh, they understand and know each other better on how they handle their business, their strengths, their weaknesses, and I think all of that coming together gives us a really good chance to be successful. You mentioned covering kicks, and of course, you know, I. Every Saturday, I have a hashtag um, that has gotten me in trouble every once in a while, and it's college special teams. Because every Saturday, you see a team just the, the the momentum turn, or the you know everything swings, whether it be on the road or at home, where there's an extra point blocked or there's a puff monk. Uh, a, a, a punt muffed and you're like, all right, this is because maybe you can't spend as much time on it as you'd like to. And of course you see it on the program. These are professionals doing these things. So yeah. you, you're placing three specialists on that unit, you know, your long snapper, your kicker and your punter. You mentioned special teams and covering kicks in the kicking game. Uh, that transition for you in this year, what is that going to look like? And who are the prime participants in those? Well, it's, it's a tremendous task to replace all three of those guys. Um, you know, they've done a lot of really good things over the last two to three years here, and it's kind of what Illinois football has known, right? They've known those three guys to deliver time in and time out, and, and that's why I told our coaches now with our current team, right, we got to be very cognizant of how much success those players have built confidence into the, the roster that was here and, and for the remaining roster that knew that as well. So I, I really – I thought yesterday we had a scrimmage and, and uh, Caleb Griffin hit the ball as well as I've ever seen him hit it. Um, was perfect on field goals and and uh, um, uh, PATs. And then in a punting game, um, Hugh has really, really come into his own. Has done a nice job of developing his niche. And I think those two guys together, we got a competition going at the, the long snapper position, but it's a healthy competition. and One that we probably will be able to name someone going into game week. 
I'm looking at this this schedule here, and of course, the Big Ten is is always daunting. But you, you know, you're going to be on the road at Michigan. You get Michigan State at home. I, I think Purdue is going, you know, shock a lot of people in the Big Ten with with how good they're going to be this year. You're going to get them at home, and of course, the Illinois Northwestern game. Are there certain places in your schedule that guys? And I know it's week to week, right? I know you guys want to co- concentrate on the first week of the season, but are there certain games that you can feel? your players getting amped up for. And also, you know, the, the the rivalries. You know, college football is is based and steeped in the tradition of if you come here, you're going to play this team four times in your career and this is important to us. What what are you trying to uh, relay to your, your staff and your team and your players about the importance not only of the schedule but of certain games uh, for Illinois football? Well, I think, you know, being in the Big Ten West, any anybody that uh... – is in this conference, you you know the uh, uh, approach that if we have to take to try and get our ch- ourselves a chance to be an in indie at the end of the year to represent the Big Ten West. And um, right now, everybody's undefeated, right? Everybody's got an opportunity. Um, I think you know our guys naturally draw attention to our trophy games. So we have a trophy game, uh, the Cannon Trophy with Purdue. And we have the Hat Trophy with uh, uh, Northwestern. We were able to keep one last year and 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 gave one to, to Purdue. So um, those draw natural attention. But I I really like Jace how our schedule laid out. We have we have, we're playing in week zero, so we play three weeks. Uh, we, we basically play three straight weeks with our opener, Wyoming, Indiana, and then uh, Virginia. Then we have a bye week, and we come out with UT Chattanooga. Then we're on on the road to Wisconsin, and we have two back-to-back home games against uh, Iowa and Minnesota. Then we have another bye week, and then we go into a five-game stretch that our last two games will be on the road at Michigan, at Northwestern, uh, have a, a Nebraska game in there on the road, and then we have two home games against uh, uh, Purdue and, and uh, Michigan State. So we've got a really uh, – a schedule is what it is. We always kind of just say to play the, play the schedule as it lays, see what happens, and we'll see where we can go on the back end of it, hopefully. So taking a look at the landscape of college football these days, um, the NIL that has changed the way players are approaching certain things. Um, I was watching an outside lines piece about John Ruiz uh, one of the he doesn't like to be called a booster, so I don't know a backer of University of Miami football, and then you get Nick Saban talking about John Ruiz and you know not some flattering terms, and you know the University of Miami is using him. Uh, how how has the University of Illinois conducted itself, and with you in terms of what needs to happen on the NIL level, knowing that this is a part of the dynamic now, right? Like we yeah. don't, you don't have to play around like it's not what it is. You, you got kids who are, you know, doing what they have to do and, and benefiting financially off their name, in, image, and likeness. How do how does the University of Illinois approach that? Well, it's interesting you say that, Jason. Um, the rule changed about midsummer here in the state of Illinois, which allowed us as a, a department, athletic department, to get a little bit more engaged. And then I, I think the awesome part is, right, it's benefiting student athletes. So that's what we all want. But it, to your point, I think it's unusual sometimes for people to talk about it because I think people's first reactions are like, wait, you mean I can do this? And, right, and, it's still new. <laughs> and the answer is yes, right? Now, there's a, a big difference between uh, players on your campus that are already here versus existing potential recruits, right? You can't use NIL as an inducement in any way, shape, or form. And that that's probably what got people in the biggest um, uh, out-of-lane moments so far in the in this argument, right? Like I, I like I know that. I like I that. Out-of-lane moments. Yeah, I like I, that. I, I know what I do, and I know what I have to do here at Illinois, and, and part of that is staying in the, the appropriate lane in the legal way, mm-hmm. and then kind of let everybody else uh, kind of chime in. But we're doing a lot of really good things. Uh, you know, we, uh, you know, basically about I remember in one week, 
we approved over two hundred thousand dollars worth of NIL money that we knew was coming to our players that um, um, had come through various sources. You know, could be as simple as a donor coming to you and allowing it to happen. It could be a group, a collective, whatever it is. But there's definitely guys on our team that are getting some great advantages by NIL. How do coaches develop? We always talk about, you know, guys getting in your system and for two or three or sometimes four years, you know, you see the maturation of a player. When a coach goes from, you know, system to system or from university to university, like how have you developed from Wisconsin to Arkansas now to here, whether it be time management, clock management, you know, the, the being the CEO essentially of, of a program? Like how, how have you changed, Brett, and, and and some of the things that you uh, uh, note that okay, this is this is the next step in my maturation because yeah. right, if you're not changing, then you you know you 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 you're dying. Hundred percent, Jason. Like I, I think I even said this to Josh early on when we started talking, and then after I got here, right? Like I I know I'm 52 years old now, and I know that right now I'm probably you know in football coaching, uh, game management, um, a roster management. I have more experience than I ever have, and a lot of times you really become better through adversity, right? Like even though it's hard to go through and, and not fun to experience, I even just had a meeting with a player earlier today. Like, you know, you went through a rough patch and I said, listen, as long as you learn from it, you're moving forward. It's not any fun to go through, right? Um, I definitely am molded a lot of by my time at Wisconsin, my time at Arkansas, but then I had three years in a league that have been tremendously beneficial uh, for me on just how to handle a roster, a lot more football specific stuff. Um, it allowed me to kind of take a moment and, and uh, go come back to earth as a, a positional coach where you really become engaged on how you teach, how you correct, how you learn. And it'd be here in Illinois in my home state. This is where I grew up, right? I, I played Illinois high school football. I competed in this conference um, as, as a player and a coach. Um, uh, I've been a, a player and assistant coach, a coordinator and a head coach in this league. Um, and it's really unprecedented experience above, above any of my competition. So I gotta ask you this because I don't get a chance to talk to a whole bunch of coaches, especially of the football variety. I'm not saying you, Brett, but why is it that that all football coaches make things feel top secret? Like, for instance, I'm sitting here watching the Bears preseason game. You got 23 players injured. You got the first two picks of the, the draft out with injuries that nobody can talk about because they don't want San Francisco knowing what's going on in week one. I'm like, shit, if three weeks from now, if that is going to derail the game plan, then damn it, I need to know what it is. Like, I kind of <laughs> need to know now. So why why is it that you guys have been schooled and then passed down the fact that these are top secret documents that you are handling when it comes to anything, whether it be, you know, um, uh, plays being talked about or, or player availability or injuries? Like, have, have, has something come back to, to, to bite you? Or are there anecdotal experiences where you're like, you know what, this is why we do what we do, Jason? I, I do think that, you know, um, there are times where it's a, a definitely at a coach's advantage uh, to maybe not, um, you know, allow a lot of insight. And I know last year, in our opener against Nebraska, we had never played a game, had been out there. And I know just reading, uh, reading their postgame comments, they were surprised by what, what, what we showed, right, and what we did. But I would also – one that they don't really think about, Jason, um, the NFL has very specific rules on what you have to say and do and disclose on injuries. Um, in college, one of the reasons that coaches in college is there's HIPAA rules, right? So there's definitely right. – there's things that – you know, to be quite honest, like it's illegal to say mm-hmm. what's happening. And and then, you know, on flip on the flip side of it, you know, how these young men, not only NIL value, they're trying to build value to the NFL. And sometimes, you know, you don't want to 
basically make them angry or upset if you give information out that they feel will be detrimental for them in the draft. Right. No doubt about it. I just, you know, I was just wondering. I, I, know I, I, I can see you struck a nerve there. I got you. Yeah, because yeah, I'm like, hey, man, you know, a, a soft tissue issue ain't hey, three weeks from now. I don't know if that's going to be the same problem. But, hey, you know, what do I know? I, that's why I'm O and O over here on the sideline for the last 41 years uh, of my life. Um, are you having fun, man? Are, are I am. You, I have a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Okay. What's, what's this experience been like this year for you so far? You know, uh, I really like our roster. I, I think, without a doubt, we've we've had a hand in in developing these guys. If they were if they're on the roster before we got here, they've stayed here because they like what's going on, right? They've they've had opportunities in today's world, the portal world. They can leave at any reason at any given time. And for our guys that have stayed, I think there's a genuine connection. Last night, I had uh, every one of my coaches gets up and gives a talk to the team, right? I talk all the time as a head coach to the team, but I've allowed my assistant coaches. Andy Boo gave an incredible message last night and. He coaches our inside backers, but I saw the way our team reacted to his conversation and his talk. And it's just, it's a really special feeling right now in the Smith Center and our football building. I think there's a lot of positives going on and, and to, um, to be a part of this is really a special time in our lives. What are young football players like coming in now as opposed to 10, 15 years ago? I, I hear all the time about, you know, because uh, I, I do the pre and post game show for the Chicago Bulls and NBC Sports Chicago here in the city. So I'm around basketball a lot. Right. And you hear the old heads immediately start talking shit about AAU basketball and how it's ruining the game and, you know, how basketball players are better athletically. But. Uh, the game isn't thought through as much. And, you know, I feel like generation to generation, that's, you know, obligatory. Like, it feels like you kind of have to say that at times. But we don't talk about the proliferation of seven-on-seven seven camps and things of that nature when it comes to the, the the feeder system into college football. The athletes and the people that you guys are getting now, where is it the same as, like, high school basketball, where the high school basketball coach doesn't matter as much as he or she used to, and now it's just more of a tournament vibe and, and, and more of like a, a random talent, you know, access kind of situation instead of the fundamentals of, you know, keeping your outside shoulder free and, you know, understanding what you need to do in a two-gap scheme. Like, are you getting the kind of refinement that maybe you used to get or is it better? Is it worse? Like, what kind of athlete are you getting on campus now as opposed to maybe a decade, two decades ago? Well, every, every scenario is a little bit different. Some kids come from really good high school programs that have great development, great coaching. Others. Um, they could be very raw, small school, right? Not a lot of uh, not a lot of uh, uh, development. Maybe they played all four sports uh, throughout high school, so it's really kind of a mixed bag for us. Relationships really matter to us. We're a big family oriented type program, and that that's not going to waver. That's kind of who we recruit. That's kind of who we who, who we go after. But um, I don't think kids are different. I think the things that kids are exposed to are different, right? So we didn't grow up with the Twitter world or the social media or the Facebooks or the Snapface or whatever they got going on, right? Like, it's just, <laughs> it's a different world. There's a different set of pressures. Yeah. Um, it, it's literally something. And in this mental health uh, uh, yeah. world that we're living in, like, it's just a different world. It's fun. It's engaging. Um, I really enjoy getting close to our players. But uh, it's definitely, I think, not affected kids, but it's affecting the thoughts that kids have because of all the things that are available to them. Yeah, uh, environmental, right? Nature versus nurture. Uh, who, are the, who are the guys on this team yeah, when I turn on this game against Wyoming, I'm like, all right, uh, Brett Bielema told me to to, to seek in and, and watch this dude play football at a high level. Who who are three or four of the people that Illinois fans and casual observers alike are going to notice this year, hopefully? 
I think some of our good players a year ago have really turned into special players. Uh, I think on the offensive line, Palcho and, and Julian Pearl have taken a big step, but two newcomers in the offensive lines, I Chrysler and, and Isaiah Adams were both guys we added last January, I think have the special ability. Um, really excited to see the growth and development of, of some of the uh, uh, defensive players who in particular Sidney Brown and, and Quan Martin guys that last year, Kirby Joseph got a lot of the headlines uh, was a third round pick to Detroit. But I think those mm-hmm. two guys in particular are really doing good in the back end. And then really uh, uh, Tariq Barnes, CJ Harden and, and Isaac Darkangelo, those, those three inside linebackers and great competition. And I think those guys will be fun to watch. Brett, I wish you and the Illini the best. You, you came this close to getting to a bowl game last year when nobody in the entire conference and, and, and watchers abroad expected it. So now the pressure is on to, to get yourself into that bowl game. Is look, I'm looking forward to Illinois football meaning what it's supposed to mean because I know I know a lot of Illinois fans. You know, I'm uh, I'm engaged to a uh, Illinois alum, so you, you know there's a lot of blue and orange around the crib all the time. But I'm I'm looking forward to Saturdays and seeing what this program can finally become. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate it. I love. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Golf after a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Connect with the show 24-7 on the full gold voicemail line. Hit us up at 773-359-3103. That's 773-359-3103. Shout out to all of y'all who uh, just volunteered these submissions on the voicemail. 773-359-3103 is the voicemail number here for the full go. Uh, Twitter was buzzing a little bit. Had a couple of people like, hey, what's up with the voicemail? Can I leave one? You can always leave a voicemail. You know that. I've been telling y'all that. So anytime you want to leave a voicemail, make sure you keep this number. 773-359-3103. We got a few tonight that uh, made the cut. So and and it's it's across the board too. We got we got a, a baseball voicemail. We got ourselves a basketball voicemail, and we got a Bears voicemail. So Jesse, go ahead and run it, man. Jason, I just watched the Bears' first drive of the preseason game against the Seahawks. And I'm not sure what I saw. I think I liked it. I'm not mad at it. Do you know what you saw? <laughs> Is that the voice? Is that the whole voice? That's it. That's the whole thing. 
Yes, I liked it too. It's so weird. See how fucking weird we got to be, Jesse? Yeah, like you're, you're sitting out there on the left coast. You used to see in offenses like the Rams and the 49ers and shit. Like, you know, when the Raiders gave a shit about the state of California. Hell, even you, the Chargers, Justin yeah, Herbert's the an charge, offensive yeah, weapon. Yeah, 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 yeah. All you got to do around here is uh, tweak our, you know, tweak our interest a little bit. Just, you know, oh, look at that. Uh, scored a field goal inside the 10. Yay! All right, is, is this too much of an analogy to say it's like, you know how with cats, they'll have like that string or like yeah, that pole that's yeah. tied and they're just like chasing it. So it's like, yeah. you know, the, the bears are just holding the stick nah, above well, the fans and the fans are just kind of chasing it. Ah, man. Is that too harsh? I think it might yeah, be a little that, too that harsh. might be a little too harsh. But the problem is, um, I'm sure the bears would like to score points too. It's just something in that building. <laughs> has prevented them from doing so. And that's something is investing in the offensive line. So, um, yeah. But I would think they would have like a quote where it says when in the trenches or something like that. Where it's like there's there's enough quotes. There's enough quotes and there's enough (laughs) bare weather, you know. It's it's just you just win some goddamn games, man. That's that's all we want. Like, I don't care if you do it forty one to thirty seven every game. I really don't. At this point, I'd rather see it. Like I'd love to. I'd love to bitch about a defense not being good enough for us to go to the Super Bowl. Like that, I'd love that part instead of saying, "Yay, look at this middle of the pack defense that hits hard during these six or seven wins." So yeah, now you got me feeling bad about the Bears again. All right, what's the next voicemail? What up, fellas? This is Sean from Minnesota. Uh, I just listened to the Sunday pod. You guys talked about the dream uh, NBA matchups for Christmas Day. I want to know if any of that discussion changes knowing that uh, Christmas is on a Sunday this year. The NFL's got most of their games on Saturday, but they got three big ones on on Christmas. Uh, Aaron Rodgers going to Miami, uh, Russell Wilson going to the Super Bowl champs, LA Rams, and then closing it out at night with uh, with Tom Brady going to visit uh, Kyler Murray and those Arizona Cardinals. So uh, I don't know what you guys think, but I'm pretty sure NFL's going to eat NBA's lunch on Christmas. So does that change any of uh, any of the discussion there? Keep up the great work. Thanks for the call. Uh, I don't care who eats whose lunch. I'm be able to watch all of it. Like I, I, I work for neither the NFL nor the NBA, so I will be at home watching all of it. I, I listen, man. I'm the the ratings battles and all that other shit. Like cool, you know. I, I know fandoms love to like cape themselves and wrap themselves in their favorite sport. And yeah, my sport's gonna eat your sports lunch. Nah, uh, it'll be Christmas Day, and I'll be opening gifts with my my people and my family, vibing out as as hard as I possibly can uh, in a legal way, and and waiting for sports to hit me in the face all day long. Kidding me? Um, it's gonna be. You just channel like, flip. Like I don't yeah, understand yeah. why. Let's say you have to watch one thing. Like no, nah. go back and forth. Or nah, you know what? Yeah. Better yet, have the TV going one thing, have your computer going another thing. You don't have to worry. You just move your head and change. Yeah, like, I'm it's not all this I'm choosing. Not, like nah, I'm worried. all about bring it all, and I'll I'll find ways to watch yeah. it all. You know? Yeah, I'm not worried about it. I uh, I understand what it's supposed to be. Like you're supposed to put your best product out when you have the most eyes. The NFL is starting to infiltrate. Has infiltrated on that day. They understand what it means to the NBA. But hey, man, you know. 
High tide raises all ships. If you got people planted in front of the uh, the TV, if they flicking back and forth, I'm sure it's kind of like these albums that get released, right? Like either you clear out of the way of Beyonce when she releases her albums, right? Or you just slide right in there and try to catch that that little wake, you know what I mean? On the way to, to, to starting when people are scrolling through their iTunes or their Apple Music and they're like, oh, this person thought they could drop today too. I'll, I'll, I'll listen to their, you know, um, their offering, right? So, yeah, I'll be watching all of it, man. All right, what we got? We got one more? One more. Yo, golf. Uncle Grumpy here. 108 <laughs> representative. Great game. The drunk manager actually didn't mess stuff up. I don't know. Looks like this team may be on a roll. We may do it. I pray God we do. Southside forever. See someone love. Uncle Grumpy. Uncle Grumpy obviously left that uh that message before the, the White Sox got their asses kicked twenty one to five. Maybe uh, the White Thursday. Sox want you to talk about that. that yeah, yeah. Grump, don't worry about it, man. Don't worry about it. There, there, there will be other pods. Okay. I appreciate you leaving that submission. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you doing whatever you do for this podcast. But don't you worry about it. Uh, I don't I will not say uh, I will not confirm nor deny that Tony LaRusa is the quote drunk manager as you just called him apparently. Um that is between you and Tony Grump. Um but yeah, man, I'm not gonna let you or the White Sox ruin my summer nor this pod. I was having a great time talking about, you know, would be offensive uh theatrics. Right? I'm I'm over here talking about a fucking field goal. <laughs> like I I did 22 minutes on a field goal, right? That that drive that I was talking about yielded a field goal. So you have to understand what kind of straws I am grasping at as a sports fan. You know Uncle Grumpy. So come on, man. We, we, we got plenty of time to feel bad. <laughs> Shit, I plan on doing the next pod, all right? So have a good rest of the night, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next time. Appreciate you, Grump. Thank you, everybody, for leaving a voicemail here at 773-359-3103. Truly appreciate all of your submissions. Keep it up. The Full Goal with Jason Goff. That's all the time we have for episode 139 of the Full Goal podcast as I speak in question mark. All right. <laughs> no question mark at the end of the teleprompter there. There it is. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> you. Whatever you put up there, golf will read. It's true. It really is true. I, I'm looking forward to this season, seeing how uh, how funny my producers can get because uh, basketball season is around the corner. All right, that's all the time. Like I mentioned, we have uh, episode 139. We truly appreciate you. Uh, thank you to our guest, Brett Bielema, University of Illinois, Head coach, looking forward to seeing what the uh, the fighting line I have to offer. Almost made a bowl last year. Uh, seems like they're trending in the right direction. So looking forward to what they can do in the Big Ten West. So thank you to Brett Bielema. Thank you to everybody who was involved in, in uh, setting that up. Hey, by the way, shout out to our guest booker, right? Allison, I have her in my phone. It's Allison the Bounty Hunter, okay? But Allison is... One of the best in the business. She is outstanding. If Allison is on your email, you know, uh, she she means business and you end up on this show. So 
I, I want y'all to know that this is a team effort. Every single pod, I shout out the fellas every single pod, and I tell you which great guests we had on, and it's all because of our great, great guest booker, Allison. Truly appreciate you. She is in my phone as Allison the Bounty Hunter. Anytime I send her a name, next thing you know, that person is um, thrown in a chokehold and say, hey, chump, what time do you want to go visit the Full Go Podcast? Because Jason's got these times available. So, Appreciate you, Allison. Don't think we ain't thinking about you. Uh, thank you to the production staff. As always, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti, my main man, the active, yes, the active Jesse Lopez. He got real active, about to take his ass on vacation, so he know the vibes. And, of course, my main man, Tony Gill. I uh, want to thank all the fellas. want to thank Allison. want to thank Brad Bealman. Definitely want to thank you for listening to this thing, for subscribing to it, for vibing to it, for downloading it, for sharing it with your family and friends. Whatever you do for this pod, we are so happy that you do. We truly appreciate you. So for everybody, I'm Jason Goff, thanking you for listening to the Full Go Podcast. And as always, we leave you with this. Take care of each other and be safe. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side by side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.